Hey, everybody. I'm Bill. This is NBZ right over there. NBZ, how's it going, man? It's going well, man. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it's been a while since we chatted, so uh, glad to get on here and, and chat about some video games and Steam Deck in particular because um, uh, I'm a bit of a Nintendo boy, but, uh, you know, love love handheld gaming. So Steam Deck uh, called, called to me and I'm finally joined your ship. So. <laughs> yeah, I was I've been listening to uh NBZ's podcast This Nintendo Life since before it was called This Nintendo Life. It was a really Old long time, What yeah. was it called before? I forgot now. It was called Now You're Playing with Power a Nintendo Podcast, which was just a bit cumbersome, you know? Like it was <laughs> yeah. using that kind of like classic Nintendo line, but then we're like we need to just make this a bit snappier. So we we did a bit of a riff on This American Life with this nintendo life and it's been that's ever since so yeah yeah and it's a it's a really great podcast comes out every two weeks it's you and yes. bally and uh how, mm-hmm. how many episodes you got so far oh we're coming up i think on 250 soon uh every 50 episodes we do a big thing where we basically rank the top 50 our, our personal top 50 nintendo games of all time and it's usually like a four-hour affair of us arguing <laughs> back and forth so uh that'll be hopefully sometime next year but um but yeah it's it's, it's been a long time i think about eight years now been doing yeah. the show which is which is really cool so it, it's a great show you guys absolutely want to check it out and uh i'll make sure to uh put all of the links in uh, the the description down below uh right after the show right like right now if you're watching this on youtube there is a, a thing that takes you straight to his youtube channel uh, yes, don't click it yeah. right now but click it afterwards and i'll take Ooh. you there and you can probably find your way around and i'll make sure to get the real links uh in the show notes afterwards because i i forgot about that beforehand anyway yeah. We are here to talk about not Nintendo, but uh, some uh, some some PC gaming, uh, as this is On Deck, your PC gaming podcast, where we talk a whole bunch about the Steam Deck. And uh, let's let's jump right in with what we have been playing. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the game that I've been playing until we get to the upcoming games feature, which is later on in the cool. show. And there's a there's a good reason for that, everybody. Uh, but you mm-hmm. said that you've been playing a couple of games. What have you been playing, NBZ? Yeah, so um, obviously uh, having the Steam Deck for a little while, I've been tooling around with it a lot, you know, loading on emulation stuff, things like that. Um, but I wanted to play like a big boy game on it, you know, something that really pushed it that you couldn't play on Switch, right? right. So I was thinking, oh, okay, the new Plague Tale is coming out. That's going to be on Game Pass. I was like, okay, I'm interested, but I haven't played the first one yet. Um, and a uh, nice thing with the Steam Deck is obviously you can access your Epic games through the Heroic Launcher. So I went through the process of getting that set up and getting my GOG games and everything. Um, and Epic, in their wisdom of giving out games every week that I constantly go and, and take for free, uh, <laughs> they gave away a Plague Tale Innocence ages ago. And I'm like, oh, great. I already owned that. Um, so I, I went and, and set it up. And um, yeah, I've really been enjoying it. I think it's a it's kind of like a step down from a Naughty Dog game in a way. It feels like a triple I kind of take on that sort of kind of narrative adventure um you're kind of this this young french girl amicia and your brother is kind of sick and has some kind of weird stuff going on with him and it's kind of a stealth action game like you're exploring these kind of historical settings and trying to kind of escape from rats all this giant plague stuff going on it's um yeah it's really impressive so far and i think for me the nice thing about steam deck is kind of tooling around with the settings kind of getting it exactly how i want it to play because i can have it at 60 but then I have to have kind of like lower settings and it's nice to have like things like FSR that you can go in and adjust mm-hmm. with. But um, I've kind of hit a sweet spot where on ultra at 30 FPS, it actually is really nice. Um, and I'm usually a kind of a frame rate snob. So I'm like, I need to have like the highest frame rate possible. But when it came to, uh, when it comes to handheld stuff, I'm actually much, much easier when it comes to like 30 frames per second. And so Steam Deck, it still looks fantastic um, running at that kind of 
at rates. So um, yeah, I, I'm having a great time with this game so far. I'm only like a couple of hours into it, but it's a good before bed game to just kind of like turn the lights off and, and get into it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm also like... <laughs> have this fear sometimes of scary games and, and this game kind of almost verges on that but if i'm playing it handheld it makes it more approachable to me oh. so if i was to ever play like a resident evil game you know i play it handheld because i'm like oh it's just this tiny thing in my hand so it's almost a bit of a, a remove you know um so so yeah it's it's really really cool so far so okay a couple of things uh when you're talking about this game and you're talking about like frame rates and and resolutions mm-hmm. and stuff you said something interesting to me i always try and go for a better frame rate and I lower the resolution and it's especially on a handheld where the screen is so small I feel like turning down the details to get a higher frame rate is almost always the better option but you're going the other direction you're going for more graphical fidelity and lowering your frame frame rate down to 30 that really surprises me I think you know what it is. I think it's because playing a bunch of Switch games right now like Bayonetta 3 for example it's just very muddy and I almost want, you know, I almost want oh. the opposite side of the fence a little <laughs> bit, you know. I want something that's a bit sharper on that screen to almost put it through its paces. And I'm, t- you know, I'm totally like you most of the time. But for some reason, I surprised myself here. I've I've decided to go for the 30 FPS lock. Um, I think partially it's also because I always prefer a consistent frame rate over a variable one. Yes. And, and the thing is with Plague Tale is it's pushing the system enough to where it's not always hitting 60 like it sometimes does but then it drops down to like 47 and then you know it's kind of fluctuating a bit and i think because of those fluctuations i would prefer you know a consistent experience over a kind of fluctuating one so yeah that's probably part of the reason why as well have you did do you know about the quick access menu and being able to change the refresh rate of the steam deck yes exactly that's what i i've been using i've been using basically going down to 30 fps on that quick access menu um and i have i did try fsr which is amd's like um dlss equivalent right Mm -hmm. where you basically lower the resolution in game and then up it in fsr so that you can basically play at a higher resolution and keep the frame rate but i found it was quite um i don't know sharp the image gets sharpened you know when you use that function yeah Um, so it just it just looked a bit off to me so yeah yeah, and then the other thing, the other question I have about this game is you described it as not being that scary. Like, I've not played it, and when I mm-hmm. look at it, I'm like, nope, I'm out. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah. That thing looks <laughs> yeah. terrifying, but yeah, you totally. said it's not a super scary game? Yeah, especially for me. I don't play horror games ever. Um, this is probably a bad time for me to be on the show on the Halloween uh, episode, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very scared of that stuff, but I think... Um, this game is far more the the terror is like these rats and you're often in kind of like underground caverns with these these rats that they're almost like um I don't know it's like a horde of zombies but like they're they're so small and just like almost indecipherable that you it's, can't even tell what they are they're just like this giant kind of roiling kind of mass and it's um it's it's uh, the, know, the, the classic question that you ask somebody do you want to be attacked by one horse sized zombie yeah. or a thousand uh whatever it is it doesn't matter yeah. but yeah, yeah that classic question <laughs> yeah exactly um and yeah there are thousands of rats um so but it's, it's fun it has like these puzzles where you're you if you have light if you have like fire they will kind of like run away from you so it's all about like keeping that torch lit and the torch goes out eventually so it's about like timing between these different sections and um there's some stealth gameplay as well with guards where you have to kind of like 
throw things to distract them. It's it's almost like um, a bit bit Hitman esque in that way, but um, much lighter, much more narrative driven. Um, and I, I like it a lot so far. You can definitely tell that it's it's on a smaller budget, but it's really impressive for what they're trying to pull off and what they're trying to do. And I've heard the second game goes even further with that. Like it's much more like they put a lot more money into it um, and is even more impressive visually. So um, yeah, I think it's uh, a really cool game and only like ten ish hours, I think, which is a perfect like narrative story game. You know, you want to be in and out, um, and and that's kind of what I'm, I'm gunning for. So. Uh, very much enjoying that and kind of like having something to push the power of the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. which I think is is always a nice thing to see. One of the things that I love about NBZ is he finishes games. Like I don't finish oh, yeah. anything. Like I start yeah. 12 games and I might finish one of them. Uh, uh-huh. He finishes like all the games and he's always like tweeting out pictures of like the end screen where it's like brought to I you do, by yeah. whoever. Uh, so yeah. he really gets into finishing those games. Even if this is 10 hours, I probably wouldn't finish it. I would play probably yeah, five, totally. six hours of it, and then I would get distracted. Oh, shiny thing. What's that? Yeah, And totally. I would never well, never thing. get back to it. I feel like with Steam Deck, I am becoming you a little bit just because there are so many <laughs> options. I have, a, I have a Steam library that's massive, so I'm like, ooh, Trails in the Sky. That's a big RPG I've mm-hmm. never played. Ooh, I can download Pokemon Coliseum and play through. I actually started playing through Pokemon Coliseum, so I, I am in danger, I think, of, uh, of you know going into that place of shiny things and, and getting distracted but um yeah i have i finished 58 games this year so far so i'm still doing all right so. <laughs> i pro- yeah. i finished probably three nice, nice. <laughs> and i probably sure played a hundred of them uh but no yeah. no way anywhere near like that that's awesome what else Ooh. have you been playing this week man um yeah i got really hooked on vampire survivors which i'm sure is no surprise to your audience and a lot of people uh, who own steam decks it feels like the perfect game for steam deck um i started it actually on game pass on pc um and then i was like oh i can't do this because this is gonna i need my progress i need to keep all these upgrades and everything and i know eventually it's going to leave game pass um mm-hmm. but unfortunately there's no a game pass native app on steam deck at the moment i really hope microsoft kind of sorts oh, that out at some point because i don't um i don't like the cloud streaming that they i generally am not a big fan of cloud streaming it's never mm-hmm. really worked for me um so i could you know pick up my yakuza like a dragon save on steam deck through cloud save but i'd much rather have it native so that i could you know have it downloaded and take on a plane or whatever um so vampire survivors was a case of well, I want to own this on Steam. And it's so cheap anyway, right? Like it is absurdly cheap. So uh, I just decided, I played it like 10 minutes on Game Pass. I'm like, yes, I love this. Let's get it on, on Steam so I can play it on Steam Deck. And um, yeah, it really is. It's another before bed game of like, and a bad idea to start late oh, before yeah, you go to bed. Because uh, uh, you just want to keep going, right? Like you get a build, you're like, oh, this build feels really good. Like you're trying out different combinations and evolving items. I'm like, oh, these new characters, like, it's just such it is i tweeted the other day this game is just pure dopamine that's all it is it is just like a rush of just icons and things and upgrades and it's like almost the purest most distilled form of a video game um and it's absolutely fantastic i i really like it um and i'm a big castlevania fan as well so it's nice to see those like gba style castlevania sprites almost um because before i played it i had assumed it was more like nes style but then when i started i was like oh no this guy like looks like a super nintendo or like gba style character um which is kind of the uh the love that i have for those kind of castlevania gba games is, is quite strong so um yeah it really hits me in that nostalgic place as well so i'm yeah, really enjoying it they did a the, their art direction is fantastic like the art direction yes. of this game in general is just really fantastic which a lot of people will ignore because it's retro and they mm. a lot of people will just look at a game and they'll say oh it's retro they and they kind of write that off as low effort I think, right. 
And I, I don't think that that's low effort at all. Like it takes a lot of work and skill in order to take a game with a very small uh, color palette, a very small like sprite size and make things look interesting. Like mm -hmm. back in the day, they did that because they were limited. And now there's yeah. people who are constantly limiting themselves on purpose in order to make a game that has a art direction. And I think that that's just awesome. Yeah, totally. I think for me, it's also the readability, right? Like if you're going to make a game like this, where things are just exploding constantly, you need as a player to be able to understand and process all that information that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's pretty remarkable the way in which like you can have a screen that is just full of stuff, just flying all over the place. And then you're like still able to understand what's going on. You're still able to comprehend it. I think it's just a really, really clever uh, game. And obviously it's been imitated a lot. Uh, and, <laughs> and we've seen lots of different variations and it still seems to be quite popular. Although not so much on console yet, which I'm interested to see what is the kind of like the breakthrough game. If does Vampire Survivors come to console at some point? Because um, it really has been a, a PC focused thing at the moment, um, which is pretty interesting. Well, I think that, I mean, first off, before I forget, I want to let people know it's on sale right now for 20% off, which is a yes. dollar. It's a buck off. Mm -hmm. So it's it's yeah. four bucks right now. It started out at three bucks and then they raised the price to five bucks when it was done with early access. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was when they realized, hey, we got a hit on our hands. We could probably earn some more money by increasing the price by uh, 100%, which sounds bad, but it's still only $5. And now it's on yeah. sale for the for like the uh, the steam, uh, the current steam sale, which we'll talk about later on in the show. It's so good. But to what you were just saying, like seeing a lot of like for those of you that don't know, uh, NBZ is a publisher or he works for a publisher. Uh, yeah, I work for a publisher. Yeah. yeah. And so like he goes and looks at games like every game that's on Steam and well, you can go ahead and say that part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, basically part of my job is I look for games that we can sign to our publishing label, basically. So we're looking for games that, you know, can, you know, we can help with marketing and, and all those sort of extra things, getting games on console, loads of different elements involved. But part of it is looking at every single game that goes on Steam every single day. And let me tell you, there are a lot of games that go on Steam every single day. A lot of them are terrible. <laughs> but 90% of them are really bad. I just look at them sometimes. I'm like, wow, you really just wanted to pay Valve $100? to put this this ms paint thing on steam but you know people can do what they want yeah. um but by doing that i have seen a lot of vampire survivors clones let's say um this tends to happen when kind of games get games in a certain genre get popular or some kind of breakout hit happens you see a lot of other people trying to kind of jump on that success um and there there is just a tremendous number already on steam some of them have been really successful i think 20 minutes to midnight is a good example of one that kind of takes that formula and makes it a little bit more player controlled where you're aiming at people yourself and that type of thing um but yeah there've been loads of them uh, there's one called soulstone survivors which was a big hit at next fest this previous mm -hmm. next fest um so yeah there's there's a lot out there and i think people are still kind of lapping it up uh, i'm not sure people are, are done with this this genre yet um so we'll, we'll see how it goes and he's frozen on my screen but he's uh he's oh. actually not frozen so that was that was not him that was me uh i don't know what happened there anyway um yeah and you know you mentioned you, you're wondering if we're going to see that coming to console i'd think that and you know i don't work in the industry so i don't know but i think that because mm. you could just put a game on steam like you don't have to get like approved or whatever I yes. think that that makes it a whole lot easier for people to say, well, I'll put it on Steam. But then if you yeah. want to bring it to Nintendo or Xbox or PlayStation, 
Like you got to get approval and that takes a lot of time. Uh, and yeah. especially if you are like a, like if you've never made a game before, but you saw vampire survivors and you're like, this looks easy. And I don't, I'm not saying that I think it looks easy. I'm sure that it's easier to make a game like this than it is other kinds of games, but I'm sure it's still a ridiculous amount of work. Uh, so I, I, I do think that games like that will show up on other platforms. I think I could be wrong. I was scrolling through Twitter and I think I saw like one advertised that was going to be like on iOS. It was a vampire okay, survivors yeah. clone. Um, again, that's something where they do have to get approval, but I think it's easier to do that on Apple than it is on Microsoft. And like, there's more checks yeah. to see, mm-hmm. uh, if that's going to happen anyway, any other big games that you've been playing? Uh, yeah, I mean, mainly just emulation stuff on Steam Deck, honestly. It's just um, a lot of setting up uh, Emulation Station and, and jumping in and kind of finding old games. There's a bunch of, like, old GameCube games that I really wanted to play, so stuff like Chibi Robo, Doshin the Giant, you know, these kind of, like, games that I saw in magazines when I was younger but never got a chance to play. Um, so that's that's part of what I want to do. Part of the reason I was excited for Steam Deck is, is emulation stuff because I think it just is a perfect platform for that. Um, especially for PS2 and GameCube. A lot of I never owned a PS2, so I um I started the original God of War on PS2 on, on Steam Deck as well. And the um, old school yeah. one. The old school, the very oh, first nice. one on PS2, yeah. Um and yeah, it's very different, obviously. You know, God of War coming out next week, um, the the new one. But um I kind of wanted to go back and, and, and see the roots of the series. And uh yeah, it's really nice. I you know part of the thing that I love about this system is the kind of tinkering of it, kind of getting customization and um part of that joy is like going through and playing God of War and be like, hmm, but how do I set up save states properly in the way that I want? I like, I want them on the back paddle. So let's look up like what are the inputs and, you know, going into the kind of controller menus and, and changing all that stuff. So um, yeah, I've, I've, I've mainly uh, spent more time tinkering to get God of War work than playing it itself. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying what I've played so far. Uh, the, that is absolutely a, uh, a, a pitfall that I think a lot of people yes. f- run into is uh, they're like, well, okay, and this is the th- this is the thing that's amazing about consoles is you sit down, you launch the game, it plays, you yeah. really don't have to think about it. When mm-hmm. it comes to PC gaming and the Steam Deck, you really have to like you need to do a little bit of tinkering, and that sounds like it's a negative, but you also mm-hmm. get a much better experience if you're willing to put in the time to do that. Yeah. And I always feel like I run into the issue where I'm too busy paying attention to the frame time graph uh, yes. <laughs> from, from the the quick access menu. And see, is, yeah. that, is that thing shaking? All right, I guess I yeah. better I better fix it. Let's go in and try yeah. something. And then uh, all, all the time that I would have been playing a game, I was just looking at that stupid line to make sure okay. that it's as flat as yeah. possible. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's me as well. That's me when I'm playing Overwatch. I just have my ping and my FPS in the corner. I'm just like constantly eye flicking towards that, like mm-hmm. focus on the game, you know? Yeah, once I've got a game dialed in pretty well, I usually just turn that off for that game because yes. I don't want to yeah, see totally. that uh, because it does distract me. And there's been plenty of times where I look up and it's like not 60 and I'm paying attention to that for a second and then I get killed. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> But that's that's really a me problem, not a not an everybody mm-hmm. else problem. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Uh, all right, let's move on to the news and talk about uh, this is something that I I had a guest on last week, and we talked about whether or not this was going to happen anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, you know, I think I think that Valve is going to start making the push towards unifying their user interface across their different platforms. Now, I don't Ooh. think that they're replacing the desktop version of Steam with the UI from SteamOS, but they are replacing big picture mode. And they, we we knew that that was happening for a while, like probably since they have originally re- announced the Steam Deck, they said that they were going to be updating big picture mode to have the newest UI. And I have to say, I really like the new UI. I like it a lot better than the old big picture mode. Well, it, it happened this week as predicted that uh, big picture mode is now available for testing and that so that what that means is you go into steam you open up your uh your settings and you turn on beta and once you have beta turned on then like there's a command i can't remember what i think it's uh dash you just add it to your shortcut well actually i can look right now uh, if i right click on this short because i have it on my desktop um if i could just get it to come up there we go is it under properties yeah properties and uh, you put dash gamepad UI, well, yeah, I had to look that one up. Uh, if you put gamepad UI at the end of your shortcut, it launches into big picture mode, and it is exactly like you are on the Steam Deck. Have you done this in on, on, on desktop mode at all, NBZ? I, I've launched into big picture mode a couple of times, but because I I don't really have like a TV setup, I'm mainly like at a PC setup for the most part. Mm-hmm. So. I usually am just in the regular Steam interface. Um, I think Big Picture Mode is really cool. I think it's it's great. Like in the future, I can imagine um, you know having a setup where I have a PC in one room that's connected like through the wall via HDMI, that mm-hmm. then goes into a TV, right? Because then it's a much more seamless experience. Um, you know, playing it on the TV. Um, I, I think it's cool. It, it's like a consoleized experience. It's interesting to me that they almost like designed a new ui for the steam deck and didn't kind of use big picture as a jumping off point um for for steam deck kind of like navigation and stuff like that um but yeah i, I think it's it's a cool addition and um yeah i think it's it's cool that they're like focusing a bit more on it and, and updating it so yeah yeah i put out a video um earlier this week if you guys haven't checked out that video yet please do uh and that video was my thoughts on how valve is strategically releasing updates like they release the steam deck then they're updating that and then they drop the dock and they're there it's a strategic move as they go from point a to point z where point a is release the steam deck and point z is to drop a steam console and that's what the video that i posted this week uh was about uh so if you guys haven't checked that out um please check it out but what do you think? Do you think it makes sense for Valve to put out a Steam console, like a box yeah. that you can buy and hook up to your TV and not have to worry about that stuff? 
I mean, you know, we, we've kind of been on this rodeo before, right, with the quote-unquote Steam machines, but mm-hmm. those were... Uh, those weren't really what they've done with Steam Deck, right? Steam Machine was an initiative that they kind of like partnered with other manufacturers and they're like, hey, you can kind of make one of these. We'll kind of slap our name on it and say that's what that is. They were basically just PCs in the end of the day, which ultimately that's what the Steam Deck is. But it's a it's a more kind of like focused version of that, right? Where right. they have, um, you know, make, make it more easy for a, for a big audience. I could see it happening, right? Like I, I do think that there is a way for them to kind of weave their way into the console market um because given the success of steam deck and the way that it's it's all the thing that is great is it's universal right even with the three different models they have like different screens and like memory and stuff but from a power perspective they're all the same and i think that's the road they need to go down right you can't be doing the steam machine thing where you're like well this one is 1000 this one's 2000 you know you can kind of pick and choose because then you get into the consumer problem of not knowing what is what and the, right. the thing for the console market is just trying to be as um kind of focused and targeted as you possibly can um because most people are not very deep into kind of technology right most people want to walk into a shop and be like hey that's the thing i want to buy let's buy it so if they are going to go down that route i definitely think they have to have a universal machine that's like this is the steam console this is the only kind of power level it's going to operate at and everyone has to kind of like deal with that essentially right so i guess that begs the question do you think that if they released a Steam, like uh, 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 a console, it has to be mm-hmm. the same power as the Steam Deck. I don't think so. No, I think the Steam Deck obviously is held back by the fact it has to be handheld. Right. So I think if they're to release a console, they could go toe to toe probably with Microsoft and Sony in terms of power level, um, potentially even higher. It depends on how much of a loss they want to have because you know ultimately those companies make a massive loss on their hardware. A lot mm-hmm. of what they make it back up on is is the software side of things, and you know the PS5 is pretty cheap for the power that you get in that yes. machine. Um, same same with Xbox, right? It's it's, it's kind of ridiculous and i think if valve were going to do that they'd have to understand that's what they'd also have to do is take a hit on the power side but i i feel like they could put out something that is comparable in terms of power level with both of those consoles for sure um and and do quite well especially because the steam ecosystem as a kind of like place to buy games is generally cheaper uh just more affordable overall and um and i think that you know, they could they could find their way into the market potentially it'll be hard but um you know they can try yeah, my only problem, and uh, my only problem with that, like them going with a more powerful version, is right now they have Steam verified or deck verified, yes. right? Yes, so definitely. you get a little check if it runs well on the deck or whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. say what you will about that program, but there's some games that are deck verified that don't run as well as everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, would like. And there's plenty of games out there that are, they say, unsupported and they work just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. How, like, do that? Would they then have to have a separate verified system for? Yeah, that like that would really cause problems. I think. Yeah, it makes things muddy, doesn't it? Because then you almost have this like double check mark system. It like works on deck, but not or like works on console, but not on deck. Um, yeah, I think that's that is a tricky thing for sure. And I wonder if you know if they do make it consoleized, they they almost have to bring it up to a power level where everything works almost right like it, it has yeah to, and i think this is one of the big problems with steam deck from a mass consumer perspective is obviously it's not available and just like you can't just walk into walmart and get one right now and part of that is it's not completely plug and play like it is to some degree like but 
you can have someone go in there and buy something and be like, oh, this doesn't work. And I don't understand why, because obviously, you know, um, if they're not deep into understanding the verified stuff, then, yeah, it gets gets tricky. So, um, yeah, it's a good point. I wonder if they're able to get past that. And the real issue isn't necessarily power. I think the real issue is mm-hmm. because it's uh, Linux and Fender 178 yes. in chat says they should try again with Steam machine, Steam machines because they have Proton. Back when they tried yeah. Steam machines, they had to rely on native Linux games. And nobody, nobody wanted to make native Linux games back then. Nope. And even, <laughs> even not. still, now that we have Proton, Nobody wants to make native Linux games because they could just make the Windows version and Proton will make it work for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's also a question of like, I guess they would, right? They would continue down this Linux path just because of the progress they've made with it. Um, you know, they're not going to not gonna suddenly um, make something based on Windows. I'm sure Microsoft would not even allow them to do that, right? Because, uh, you know, having Xbox in the market and everything, but... Um, yeah, I don't. Sense. I don't see Microsoft getting in the way there because Microsoft stands to make money when you when when like because they yeah, can just say, well, you got to license it. You got to license Windows, mm-hmm. and we make money on every every Steam console sold. But I don't yeah. see Valve ever doing that. I think that they no. have, they've shown we want to do Linux. Linux is the future mm-hmm. for us, and I think that they've shown that it's going to work, which I think is really good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, real quick before we move on, I got a super chat that came in from North Bay Sports Cards. They said, "Does anybody know if they fixed the issue a long time ago about, <clears throat> excuse me, some USB hubs bricking Steam Decks? I want to get one that has the mm. power spot for it. Uh, honestly, I don't know anything about that. Valve has said that you can just use USB C, whatever USB C you want, and it's going to work just fine. That being said, if you've got a USB C." Uh, uh, dongle that doesn't follow the rules, then that's going to cause a problem. So just make sure that you read reviews before you pick one up. And if you're looking for a good dock, then make sure you check out. I've got a video all about like which docks that you uh, you could pick up. Do you dock your Steam Deck at all, NBZ? No, I don't have a. Um, I don't have the official dock. Um, I'm definitely considering it because what I did was. I was like, oh, I need to buy something to hook this up to a computer. And I was like, oh, wait a second. There's only one USB, um, so I can't have a mouse and keyboard and uh, hooked up via USB to HDMI. So I bought a USB to HDMI. And I was like, oh, now I can't control this because I don't have a, uh, a USB right. switcher. So, um, yeah, I think the cumbersomeness of that means that I would like to get the dock just for convenience. More so just for charging, right? For me, it's just like... The nice thing about Switch is like I don't even have to think about charging. I just drop in the dock and it does it, you know, automatically. Whereas with Steam Deck, I do find myself being like, okay, let's it's low battery. Let's plug in the charger and kind of leave it to sit. Um, so I do think the dock would be a nice avenue for me to just like remove that worry and just like always have it charged. If you know what I mean? Mm, absolutely. Yeah i i I don't like the fact that we've got the, like the little wire on the dock that goes over and yeah. plugs into the top. That's kind of that's kind of jank. But at the same yeah. time. It doesn't bother like it's not a big deal. It's it's definitely a first world problem. So it's not something I really I I can't really spend too much time complaining about yeah. it. Um I have like there's lots of different docks. I've got a JSOX dock, I've got the iVolar dock, mm-hmm. I've got the official dock. My personal favorite one is the iVolar dock. I use that one okay. almost every day. And that is cheaper than the official dock, but the big difference mm. between those is that the official dock comes with a charge like an extra charger so you can leave oh, okay. a charger in your bag and then leave one hooked up to your dock all the time so there's right. a lot of convenience there as well makes sense 
All right, let's move on and talk about some patch notes. Uh, we've got some patch notes that came in about, of course, big picture mode, which we, we mentioned a, mi- a moment ago. Uh, big, big picture mode is now available for testing. So if you haven't tested that out yet, you're going to want to check it out. Uh, they also fixed some login flow that supports the new QR code functionality. Have you installed? Are you on uh, iOS or Android? I'm on Android. Have you yeah. installed the new the new Steam app? Have you updated it so that's got like the QR um, code yeah, login? Yeah, I I do have. I noticed it got updated. I was like, oh, I wonder kind of what they've been doing here. I haven't tried the QR stuff, but um, yeah, it has been interesting new interface for sure. I want every single app to do that. Like Discord does it, and mm-hmm. now Steam does it. Where if I want to log in and I got my phone with me. Like, because every once in a while I get logged out on my computer for whatever reason. Like, I think they're just doing it for security reasons. Hey, we got to kick mm-hmm. you out after, after a while and make you retype your password. But then I just yeah. open up my phone and I go, zoop, and I'm back in. And it's instantaneous and super quick. And I love it. And I, it's great on the Steam Deck because I don't, I have very long and complicated passwords. And okay. I even use like a password manager. So what I end up doing is I have to open up one password and I got to go search and, oh, okay, this is the thing. And then I set my phone down. This happens to me whenever I try, <clears throat> excuse me, to play Final Fantasy 14 on the Steam Deck is I got to set Ooh. my phone down and set my Steam Deck next to it and type in the password. Oh, I screwed that up. Delete. Okay. And I get it all typed in and then I hit enter and then I got to grab my phone again, switch over to Authy, which is my two-factor okay. authentication app, and then type in those stupid six buttons which is fine. I'm I, I, I'm 100% support two-factor authentication. Keep my account Probably. safe. Oh, and the QR code is just so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much more convenient, right? Um, yeah, it makes things a lot a lot easier. Have you been um, playing 14 natively on deck? Because I tried streaming it from my PC, basically. And I mainly play that game with mouse and keyboard. So I was like, oh, no, I don't know how to play with controller. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yes, I had. Well, so when the when the Steam Deck first came out, um, mm-hmm. it was a fully supported game. There was no problems. And then Square Enix, I don't know what their problem was. They broke it. And it wouldn't run oh, no. on the deck anymore. So the only way that you could play it was to stream it and then they fixed it so now it's it's pretty much fixed i can't remember you got to use like a different version of proton i think if i remember correctly uh which is super easy to do um it's it's really not a big ask and people in the discord will be able to help you out if you want to know how to do that but yes i do play it natively when i play it on the steam deck but i've also been playing that game with a controller since I started playing that game, like mousing. It's a terrible mouse keyboard interface. If you ask me, I I, playing it with the controller is the superior way to play that game. In my opinion, I will die on this hill. (laughs) Yeah. That's throwing it down to the traditional MMO crowd for sure. Um, Yeah. I kind of just like got used to, I also agree. I don't love playing uh, those types of games with mouse and keyboard, but I just kind of like, I did it so much that I got used to it. If you know what I mean? So I'm like, well, I learned this way. Now I don't know how to do it the other way. So um, yeah, I would I would like to get back into that game on uh, on Steam Deck, but um, yeah, just need to unlearn my mouse and keyboard and relearn on on controller. Yeah, uh, it, it's really tough to unlearn that muscle memory because I've tried playing it on uh, keyboard and mouse, and it's weird because I played World of Warcraft for seven years, and that's right, yeah. only mouse and keyboard. Yeah, so, exactly. but when I started playing. It just it makes perfect sense because the 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 global cooldowns in Final Fantasy 14 are much longer than they are in WoW. 
So you don't have to do nonstop inputs. And I also really like the fact that I can like I can just run in a direction without having to point my camera in that direction. And I know you can do that with the with a keyboard and mouse where you got to click with the mouse and move it around. It's I do that uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, it, also I just run. point, I just point my, my stick in the direction of my characters stepping out of the orange circle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, uh, Trez dog in chat says you can play final fantasy 14 with vanilla proton. No GE. Oh, wow. okay. It has issues cool. downloading the final fantasy 14 launcher, but after that you should be good. Okay. Well, that's an update yeah. that I did not know about. Uh, so thank you. Trez dog in chat for letting us know. All right, back to the patch notes. Uh, they reduced client load times for people with large game libraries, people like NBZ who have uh-huh. a massive stack of Steam. Uh, how, yeah. how many games you got? I think I'm probably 600 at this point. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's yeah. that. That's more than me, but it's less than I anticipated. I thought you were going to be yeah. around seven or so. Yeah. Um, they reduced the size of the Steam client download. They in, they fixed a couple of other things, uh, a lot of fixes, and then Steam input. They fixed doubled input for Nintendo Joy-Con controllers. Oh. I have um, the NES controllers for right, my, yes. my Nintendo. I, I wanted to play Dr. Mario with my wife, and I was like, okay, I'm going to okay. get the Steam Deck up on the screen, and I'm going to pair the controllers. They paired right away. One of them shows up as Nintendo Switch uh, Joy-Con L, and the other one shows up as Nintendo Switch Joy-Con R. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is going to work. I started the emulator. D-pad stops working. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, no. I cannot figure out what it is. And those are the controllers that I wanted to use for Dr. Mario. So I guess if we're going to play Dr. Mario, we're going to continue playing it on Nintendo Switch Online's um, yeah. uh, the little subscription service. But yeah. I really just wanted to play it on the Steam Deck in order to test it out. And those do not work properly. Uh, if, you guys, if you guys in chat know how to fix that, uh, let me know. Uh, have you paired any other controllers with the Steam Deck? Or are you just basically not playing yet. it uh, handheld? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much purely handheld at the moment. Um, so my co-host on my podcast, Bally, he just got a, um, a fixed rest one for his Switch, which he swears by, which is basically a, um, it's like a kind of attachment that you can slide the Switch into and then you can attach it to a pro controller. So you basically like have it attached to your pro controller with the screen just kind of like on top of it. Um, the fixed rest oh, one. Oh, um, I understand. Yeah. So so you're holding the controller in your hand and yes, the Switch is the like above your hands. Exactly. It's okay. got like an almost kind of like, um, yeah, it, it, you can lean it back and everything. Mm-hmm. And he swears by that thing. Um, and I, I was wondering, oh, I wonder if you could do that with a Steam Deck. But I, this thing is so heavy and big. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, I, I don't know that that would be possible. So, um, yeah, I've definitely considered it. I think for like when I'm, I'm going to Japan next year, so which I'm very excited about. And um, obviously long flight for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, I should probably like bring a a controller with me um on the plane so i can kind of like you know put it and kind of lean it on on the the flight table and 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 play it that way because um because that's a way that i've enjoyed playing switch in the past i remember playing astral chain using a uh, pro controller on the plane just kind of sitting it there um so it's something i would like to do uh when traveling um for those long distance things but um have not tried yet because i just haven't needed to right for the most part i am just in bed playing the steam deck and Mm -hmm. uh yeah don't don't feel the need to well, before you go on your trip, check out uh, – and they're, they're not a sponsor or anything, guys. This is just a cool thing. And actually, after – I talked about this on the last episode. This is the Deckmate 
Uh, and nice. I'm not going to try and get the camera to focus on it because it won't. Um, this is the Deckmate. I talked about it on the last episode. And after the episode, the people who made it reached out to me and they're like, hey, all those criticisms that you had about it, thank you for telling us about those. We're working on improving them. One of the criticisms sure. I had was like when you put it on, it fits so damn well that taking it off feels like like I felt like I was going to break the Steam Deck. I didn't, oh, no. but if, I was worried yeah. that I was going to because you really right. had to pry. Um, but if you haven't seen this, um, I almost called you Bally. Sorry. I just hear you guys <laughs> together so often. It's, it's um, so it's got like a little kickstand, right? And it just snaps yeah. into this to this spot on the back. And then oh, nice. it's, it's a really good kickstand. This is not a flimsy, yeah. crappy kickstand like that, like on the right. Switch. Uh, this uh, is fantastic. This is a great kickstand. Nice. So when you go to Japan, pick up one of yeah. these Deckmate things with the uh, with the kickstand, and I think that you'll be happy nice. with that. And that one, then you can play Astral Chain that way if uh, you want yeah, to absolutely. do your Yuzu yeah. emula- emulation. Yeah, I could do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, Flickstick. Uh, have you tried Flickstick? I don't think so, no. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what it is real quick. I've been playing it with your game, and we'll talk about his game in a little bit. Um, So if you look at a controller, like you're looking at my, what is this, my Switch Pro controller right now, and you look at the right stick, imagine that that that's like your your head, okay? Your character's head with a Mm first-person game. And if I push down, your character immediately does a 180, and faces behind you. If I push to the right, your character turns 90 degrees to the right. And so, and that sounds awful, but then when you combine combine it with gyro, it's actually really Mm. cool. And I made this, this commitment, not commitment. I made this, I said that I was going to try using flick stick on the next first person game that I'm playing. And so (laughs) that I'm playing your, your game, which we'll talk about very soon. I promise everybody. Uh, and I'm playing it with Flickstick. It's tough. It's it, mm. like there's the muscle memory is not there for me. But I also remember the days when I got my hands on Orange Box and I said, I'm not going to be able to play this on a controller. I need a mouse and a keyboard to play a shooter. Yeah. And eventually yeah, yeah. I learned it. So I want to try Flickstick because it, what it allows okay. you to do is turn super fast one way or another yes. and then do very, very fine movements with the with the gyro. Right. Micro adjustments. Yeah, that sounds like VR almost, right? Like, because I get motion sick in VR, so I have to use that kind of like flick stick setup in VR to kind of like move like in increments, you know, um, which which helps a lot. Yeah. So they updated flick stick uh, and they said fix, uh, fix for flick stick tuning when Xing an overlay layer with the stick still throwing. I ran into this a million times because what you do mm. is you're playing a game like a first person shooter. And in order to set up that game, because the developer didn't know that you were going to be doing this weirdo thing. Right. And so what the, what you do is you find like a point in front of you and you turn on flick stick and then you push the stick all the way up to the top, which is face forward. And then you swipe it all the way around. And then your character does a 360. And if you turn too far, then you lower the sensitivity. If you turn too little, then you increase the sensitivity and you kind of go back and forth until you get it right. Well, they just fixed uh, this issue where if you had, like, if you hit the button too fast and you still have a little bit of, uh, I guess, English on on the stick before you let go, it was screwing everything up. Well, they fixed that, and that's that's awesome, and I'm very, very happy yes. about that. Very cool. All right, and then lastly, 
uh, in the patch notes, the desktop controller layout now defaults to a desktop-friendly set of controls. Long-pressing menu button will toggle back and forth to a gamepad-friendly layout. Ooh. This is very interesting because if you are in desktop mode for some reason, maybe you're using the Heroic Launcher in order to uh, get your non-Steam games on your Steam Deck, which we will talk about very soon. Yes. Um, if you're doing that, then going into desktop mode and then you, you like you're using desktop stuff and then you launch a game and then you have to then swap over to gamepad mode now it's much easier to do that you basically just hit the hold long press the menu button and it swaps for you that's awesome right. i think that that's really really great yeah i've been um trying to switch between those modes often one of the things that I like but also sometimes annoys me is the kind of universal controls that you can have on games so i often i like having very clean screens so i'm often like wiping my screen to make sure there's no dust on it and obviously in certain games that can is controlled by the mouse um and so it will like flick my camera around or mess up the menu or something mm -hmm. so i like i do i usually do a universal control where you can basically turn off the touchscreen completely um uh, and so yeah it's it, that stuff is nice to um kind of quickly switch between if, if you want to do that and not have that interfere Absolutely. All right. Well, we mentioned uh, Heroic Games Launcher real quick. I, this wasn't actually in the show notes, but I found out about it afterwards. So okay. um, like right before the show started Hero, uh, This is coming from, to us from GamingOnLinux.com. Uh, Heroic Games Launcher 2.5 beta adds a download manager. External game launcher installs. Essentially, you no longer have to be adding your games through um, Epic Games or GOG Games. You can now also add uh, Linux native Linux games to the oh, Heroic okay. Games Launcher as well. Which, if you are somebody who does a lot of desktop mode, and I, I know a lot of the people who watch the show do, that's mm -hmm. a huge change and something that's going to make adding games that exist on uh, Linux to your Steam Deck. You know, you add the Heroic Game Launcher to your Steam library, and then you go into to the hero games launcher add a non-steam game it's it's not on steam it's not on epic games it's not on gog it's uh like some other game you could just add it and then go back into game mode and still be able to launch it that's just freaking awesome uh do you do you do the i know that you talked earlier about the fact mm -hmm. that you um you, you know you get the free epic games every week yes. uh so yeah. do you use the hero games launcher at all yeah, I mean, that's what I used for Plague Tale. So I'm, I'm oh, launching right. Plague Tale through the Heroic Launcher, basically. Um, There's another game, Hob, that I was interested in playing. It was like a Zelda-like game um, from the team that did... Um, oh, it's the the Torchlight-style game. Um, I can't remember. Oh. Runic, maybe? Um, I don't know. But Hob, yeah, Hob was one that I had downloaded and didn't launch. So that was the first one I tried. I was like, oh, is there something wrong? But then it worked fine for Plague Tale. And I, I wonder if it's just like some settings I need to do. But um, I also had CrossCode from, you know, those massive itch bundles that they've done a couple of times mm -hmm. with like a thousand games in them. Um, I had CrossCode from one of those. And so I was trying to, you know, get that to work on Steam Deck. And I managed to kind of get it onto the main Steam menu, but I think it would be easier if I could just put it through the Heroic Launcher because um, it feels like that would be, instead of just kind of like going through the extra hoops, you know, it just almost like leaves it in one place, I can access and know where it is. Um, that would be nice. So I, I think I'll probably do that with a few. There's definitely a few games from those itch bundles that are like otherwise just standalone games on the desktop. They would be nice to kind of like bundle together in a place. Um, so that would be good. Probably yeah. do that, I think. I mean, for me, I almost always just stick to the Steam versions of games, even though like I could probably get them for free through the uh, Epic Game Store or something like that. 
but I like the ability to change my my controls. And yeah. essentially, if I am doing it through like the Heroic Games Launcher, then that has one set of controls. And I, I, yes. I could, like there's a way to get around that, but it's such kind of a chore that I just can't yeah. be bothered. So if it's not on yeah, Steam, totally. I usually just don't play it. But I, I'm oh, glad okay. that there's an yeah. option for everybody out there. Yeah, I definitely ran into that. Obviously, you're saying I, I turn off the touchscreen for Plague Tale, but it means that when I go into the Heroic Launcher itself, I can't use the touchscreen to navigate, to just open things up, which right. is what I like to do for navigation usually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know what you mean. I do wish that they had... I wish they had a way to easily switch between those... Um, I guess they're kind of doing that now with the, with the desktop thing, but um, we'll see if that works in the Heroic Games Launcher. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Uh, this is really interesting to me. And I think I think that it's really like this is for people who have crappy, crappy, crappy Internet. And I think that this could be a huge thing because like one of the biggest downfalls of this, not not of the Steam Deck, but of Steam gaming in general is the idea that you have zero physical media. And that means you're downloading every single game that you want to put on there. You have to download. If you got crappy internet, it's not going to be a good experience for you because the, these games are huge. So then you download the game once on your PC. And then when you've got your Steam Deck, you then have to download the game again. Uh, and some of these games are really, really huge. Well, um, the XPaw on on Twitter uh, noticed that Valve is possibly working on a peer-to-peer Steam downloads on land. So essentially, you've already got your game installed on your computer. Huh. You're going to be able to, like, if this is true, you're going to be able to send it to your Steam Deck without having to download it again. And that's going to be much faster than downloading it from Steam. Although, will it, like, if you're on land, it'll be, like, because the Steam Deck um, dock has gigabit Ethernet. So... Mm. Like, that'll be lightning fast. But if you're on Wi-Fi, like, you're already bottlenecked anyway. I don't know that that would really do much. But um, what do you think about this, MBZ? That's awesome. Yeah, I've been, um, you know, when I'm kind of doing emulation stuff, it's easier to get ROMs and things from, um, you know, on on actual PC. Um, And so transferring them across, I was trying to look into ways of doing that because when you format an SD card for uh, the Steam Deck, it's Linux. So then you can't plug it into your PC to transfer over. So I was like, okay, what's the best way to do this? Um, And there was a program that kind of did... Um, almost local area sharing where you'd have a folder that is on your PC, but you duplicate it on your Steam desktop. Um, And that was actually quite quick in terms of transferring files over, like God of War 8 gig file was pretty fast, much faster than it would have been me downloading it directly to the Steam Deck itself, right? Um, So I think this is a, even on Wi-Fi, because I'm on Wi-Fi, and that was way faster than doing it otherwise. So even if you are on Wi-Fi, this seems like it's a great solution, especially because there are certain games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for example, that's like 60 gigs, and I've got it on my PC, 
and maybe I'd want to jump back into it, but I don't want to justify leaving. The other thing that I wish and I want, Val, this is my biggest update I want for the Steam Deck, is downloading in sleep mode because I just oh don't understand God. how they don't have that. How do they not have that? It's madness. I, I thought, like, when I got it, I was like, why? Like, this has been out for almost a year now. How How is this not here? It's crazy. It is the, like, every, and I forget about it until until I go to like download a game and then I'm I'm like oh I was going to I was I was going to tell it to download and go put it on the deck to charge or whatever and then go do something else but no I have to make sure that it doesn't shut off because then the yeah. download stops valve I don't understand if this is a hardware limitation or a software yeah. limitation or just that you guys like hearing us complain about this but please give us download during sleep. Please. They need this. Yeah. Um, Athen Immortal says they need a download mode that basically changes CPU to 6 watts and turns the screen off after 10 seconds. Yes. Yes. A thousand times yes. Valve, make it happen. <laughs> Look, Nintendo figured out how to do it. So yes. you know, if they can do it, uh, then, then you certainly can. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, some bad news, I think. And that is uh, some very expensive prices for games might be happening. Uh, yeah. Not not in America. So, hey, I don't have to worry about it. But uh, if you don't live here, then you might be getting screwed. Uh, this is this is not good. This is, comes to us from PC Gamer. Uh, Steam's recommended prices go way up in many countries 18 percent in europe four, jesus 485 percent in argentina and there's a bunch of other like price changes that you guys can check out though there, there's links in the show notes that you guys can go and take a look at 13 percent in canada mexico 16 percent increase uh let's see what are some other 50 percent in uh thai bot um Let's see, Philippine, 37%. Holy cow, 8% for my very good friend NBZ here. Yeah. What's your reaction here, man? This is interesting. I actually had a meeting about this today. Oh, okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's, a, um, it's definitely an important thing to kind of think about because part of, I think part of the reason Valve is doing this is because VPN folks who go to different countries is, is a big issue, right? Uh, prices of games in places like Turkey and Argentina especially are absurdly cheap, uh, which means that if you VPN through those countries to Steam, you can get games incredibly oh. cheap. So a lot of people are abusing the system in order to get games at ridiculously low prices. And the problem is for you know game developers and publishers is, well, what do you, what do, you do about this, right? Because either you're screwing over the, the actual legit people in Argentina who, yeah. you know, they need those prices to be low because of their wages and everything, but but then you know you're going to get screwed over by people you know getting the game extremely cheap um, from America instead. Um, so it's, it's a really really tough thing, and I think that's the reason they're cracking down on it. Um, it should be said. So the way this works in the back end of Steam is you get to set prices on your own. So you have boxes that you can basically put in whatever price right. you want for your game. So this is basically Valve's recommended prices, which means that if you go into the pricing matrix, you can basically basically press a button and say recommended prices, and it will just give you whatever Valve has set as the recommended prices. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a conversation that is definitely I'm sure happening with a lot of developers and publishers right now of like. What do we do about this, right? Like, do do we make it? Do we go with Valve's recommendation, or do we keep it at what it was? Because you're inevitably you're going to annoy a lot of people in those countries who are legitimately buying games. But then also, you know, you're kind of getting rid of the problem of people VPNing into places. So 
Um, it's a really hard one, honestly. Like, I, I don't know uh, what to do about it. I, that never even occurred to me. Like, this was a very, like, holy cow, Val, what's your problem? Like, that was my initial reaction. And I never thought about the whole VPN thing. Like, I even had a VPN as a as a, a sponsor once, and I never even considered the fact that I could use the VPN to get cheaper games. Like, that never ah. occurred to me. Um, that really totally takes this issue which i thought was totally black and white like corporate huh. greed taking advantage of inflation no this is yeah. a very very much gray area that it just never occurred to me and i think that most people probably don't understand that and yeah, you just totally. probably woke a lot of people up holy cow i had no idea that a i could have been saving money all this time damn it right, yeah. and b uh th there's a lot of innocent people who are going to get screwed by this who they didn't do any cheating but man yeah. like they're going to be it's going to be like you can you can eat this this month or you can play this uh you can play vampire survivors <laughs> right yeah no it's 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 crazy um it's it's a really hard thing to get right and I, I totally get why it's uh it's a tricky issue for for valve especially but um yeah i mean i've done not on steam but i did this on switch as soon as nintendo had switched they were suddenly region free and right. um i wanted i wanted skyrim and skyrim was quite expensive so i was like hmm how much is it on the russian e-shop uh turned out quite cheap <laughs> on the russian e-shop and i somehow managed to um i think credit cards can be weird sometimes with different countries yeah but for some reason my, my card worked there so I, my version of Skyrim was bought from the Russian eShop. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly know some people who do that on, on console as well, even though it's a little bit harder to do on there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trezdog says, now Vampire Survivors will cost twenty nine ninety nine in Argentina. That's only yeah. if the developer uses or the publisher uses the recommended yes. pricing. Is it yeah, totally. a lot more work to use, like, uh, individual pricing or yeah. it is? So well, it's much easier for somebody to just click a button and go. It is so much easier, which I'm sure most people will do that, right? Which is the, the issue here is most people yeah. are not going to think about it um, because you basically have to go into each individual currency and change each individual box for each currency. So Yeah, because like I have like shirts, like merch and stuff for my YouTube channel. There's there's probably a link somewhere people click the button. Mm. Um, and when I like come up with a stupid shirt design, like it says, just show me gameplay or whatever. Um, yeah. it like the, 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 the store that I use, they're like, do you want to set a price? And I'm like, no, just whatever you guys usually do. Cause I don't know how much mm -hmm. a shirt could, should cost. Like, right. I don't, I do not shop. And if I did shop, I don't shop for clothes. All of the clothes that I wear, my wife has bought me. So I don't, I don't do any shopping. I don't yeah. know how much stuff should cost. My wife is the money boss. And so I just say, however much you think it should cost their shirt <laughs> store. And uh, then I don't have to worry about it. And I bet you there's a lot of other people out there that do the exact same thing on Steam. Right. They just say mm -hmm. whatever Valve says it should cost is what it should cost. But how do they make that decision? Like there's games that are yeah. 60 bucks and games that are five bucks. How does that like, do you know how that works in the background? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, right? It's like, how, how much money do you think you're going to make versus how much has been invested into the project, right? Like with indie games, right? Pricing, it varies so much. And a lot of what we do is kind of like looking at comparative games is like, how much did they charge? You know, it's, it's kind of comparing against uh, apples just to kind of see where you are in, in the market. So yeah, it's, it's very tricky. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's That's so interesting. Like we could do an entire episode about this, but we won't. Because we sure. got we yeah. got to talk about upcoming games, and mm -hmm. 
this is the reason that I actually invited NBZ onto the show because he he was like, hey, I got a game coming out, Bill. You want to check it out? I said, sure. And uh, then I was like, hey, you need to come on my show and talk about this game because this game is cool. And that's all I can say about it right now. NBZ, tell tell people about your game. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so we are publishing a game called The Entropy Center, uh, which is a first person. Oh, there, there's me. I'm, I'm streaming on Steam right now. Oh, that is you. Um, it is, yeah. yeah I always I just ignore that thing up there on the top yeah. because I find it irritating. But not anymore. That's that's my boy yeah. NBZ right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, this is a, a first-person puzzle game. Uh, you might compare it to a game like Portal. Um, and the idea is that you have a gun that rewinds time. So, um, yeah, a lot of kind of like puzzle-based uh, stuff going on here. You're kind of going through different rooms and, you know, moving cubes onto um, buttons and, and rewinding things. And there's lots of different elements, you know, there's like um, a jump cube that you can use to kind of like get momentum and jump on things. Um, and your gun talks to you as well. So your gun is a character. Uh, she's called Astra. She's very chirpy, very delightful. Um, and you play as, as Aria, who kind of like wakes up not knowing what's going on, uh, almost has amnesia in, in some sense. And uh, yeah, the, the game is all about kind of going through this this place, uh, figuring out what happened uh, and doing a lot of time rewinding puzzles along the way um and yeah it's uh, it's coming out on thursday that is november 3rd um and yeah i'm very very excited for people to check it out we had a demo uh, during steam next fest and the demo is still up there so if you want to check out the demo and, and give it a try um before you kind of check out the full game uh, you can totally do that um and uh, yeah it was uh, a really really cool project i we found it kind of like last year and um it's a one-man development team so so daniel daniel stubbington who is um uh, from Brighton, uh, very, very nice guy. And, you know, he worked on trailers and stuff before this, decided he was going to make his own video game and, you know, knows uh, Unreal and everything and decided, yeah, I want to make this as the game of my dreams. So he went and did it and um, we found it quite early and I, I talked to him, I messaged him and, you know, I, I still have the Slack message of saying, I played this, I think we should sign this game. Uh, and we ended up signing it, which I'm very excited about. Um, and it's doing super well. So um, very, very uh, you know, looking forward to people getting to check it out. It's not just on Steam as well. It's going to be on PlayStation 5 and Xbox uh, series consoles, as well as PS4 and Xbox One. So if you have consoles and well, uh, as well and want to check it out, um, absolutely go for it. But um, yeah, it's 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 very exciting. And we got a question in chat. Somebody said, game looks great. Any idea on Steam Deck verification or playable? Yes. Where is it right uh, now? We- we don't have official verification from Valve. Um, it takes a while to get that. You basically have to go through a waiting process. Um, but yeah, I've been playing it on Steam Deck, uh, and it runs great for me. Um, runs runs pretty seamlessly. I think you were playing it on Steam Deck as well, Bill, right? Yes, I've been playing it on Steam Deck. I've been using Flickstick, to, uh, and it's great. Actually, it's great because I'm not like I'm not to. I don't know if there's a point soon where there's like combat or something, but I haven't had to worry about enemies yet, and so it's really yes. good for learning Flickstick. Because yeah. I don't feel like I have to be super fast. So it's really good. Um, I would say the frame rate is usually like I haven't really messed with the settings all that much. For me, so far, the frame rate's usually right right around in the 60s. And if some crazy thing is happening on screen, it might dip down. Uh, but that's because I haven't like lowered anything. Or sure. I did see that you guys have variable um, uh, resolution. resolution. Yeah. And I, I think that after I turned that on, I'm not sure if I saw more uh, frame dipping, but I only like got to play it a little bit this weekend, and gotcha. I haven't played it much after that because NBZ reached out to me on Friday about the game. Yeah. It's a really good game. There's a link in the in the description. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, there's a link in the description that will take you to the Steam page. You guys can add it to your wish list. 
it's a really interesting game so far. And I've only played for an hour. I think you said the demo is how long? Like the first three chapters? It depends. Yeah, it kind of depends on your puzzle solving speed, I guess. I've seen some people go through it in like, um, so IGN posted a video of the demo and they did it in like 13 minutes speed running it basically. Oh, nice. Um, but I've seen other people go through it in like an hour. So it kind of varies depending again on your kind of puzzle solving speed. Um, and it's, it's something to kind of get used to, right? Because when you first start, and I don't know how you felt about it, but when I first played it, I was like, oh, I kind of have to, you have to literally think in reverse right like you have to think yes. about what is the last thing i'm going to do and make that the first thing i do to solve this puzzle mm-hmm. um, and it's really trippy in that way um, and it almost like changes your perspective on like how to solve puzzles which is really cool yeah when i was playing it one of the things that i would do is i'd be like okay i'm going to need this here so i'm going to set it there and i'm going to need this here so i'm going to set it there and i should have done it the other way the around way. in yes. order to do yeah. it right <laughs> and that meant that i had to do many puzzles multiple times because i'd get right. up to a certain point i'd be like Ah, oh, you idiot. Come on. And so yeah. you, there are definitely moments where you feel dumb because you're like, oh. it, like there was one puzzle where I was just sitting there and I couldn't figure it out. And I was just like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? I can't figure it out. And then once it occurs to you, you feel like a, the smartest man in the world. And yes. <laughs> how did it take me that long to figure this out? I'm so dumb. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, then that's kind of the idea, right? And that's what you want from puzzle games. Like that is mm-hmm. that moment of like, oh, I got it, um, which I think this does really well. And um, yeah, it's interesting you're saying like it's a good one to practice flick stick on because I think for me, I as a Nintendo person uh, growing up, my first non-Nintendo console when I was older was a PS3 and I hadn't really played many first person games before. And so I almost was learning dual sticks by playing the original Portal and Portal 2 oh, nice. um, on PS3. Um, you know, and the nice thing about it, as you said, is like it's it's puzzle solving. So there's less like kind of natural like uh, control that you have to have for like shooting enemies. It's not a first person shooter, right? So, um, you know, you can kind of take your time with it a bit more. And I think Portal and, and those types of games, first person puzzle games generally are a really good way to get people who aren't used to dual sticks into dual sticks because it's like a, a nice easy on ramp into it. So. And I, I, I'm going to challenge you, NBZ, to to try flick stick and report back. Okay. And let, let, me, let me know what you right. think of it because it's really weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like um, with Splatoon, with gyro aiming. I never got used to that in Splatoon. I just kept with like regular sticks, but everyone swears by it and says it's so good. So um, yeah, I might have to give that a go uh, and, and try flick stick and, and see how it goes. I haven't actually tried any gyro yet on Steam Deck, but um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of it on like 3DS, you know, like the Ocarina of Time remake on 3DS like doing those challenges where you have to use the bow and arrow oh, and yeah. uh, you know shoot all those targets i was so bad at those on like the original n64 version but as soon as you add like micro gyro aim in on in that game it's so so much easier so much better so. yeah absolutely well that that controller was an absolute abomination as well yes. the n64 <laughs> yeah. controller like whose idea was like that, that. <laughs> they should have been yeah, fired totally. shigeru miyamoto's like that was my idea well you had some good yeah. ones and some bad ones my friend yeah, he did all, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, all right let's yeah. move on and talk about deals on deck i try and find some really good deals each and every week uh and that's what we're talking about right now and we have the steam scream fest which goes from october 25th to november 1st so if you're watching this and you're not like one of the first people watching this this sale might be over by now next time click on the video sooner people uh but the the steam scream fest uh, october 25th to november 1st at 10 a.m We've got some really interesting games on here that I've, I I haven't actually bought anything yet because I've been busy uh, just uh, you know playing your game and uh, mm-hmm. doing a couple other things around here. Um, Darkest Dungeon, 
is an amazing game. It's three dollars and seventy four cents, and uh, you yeah. definitely want to pick that up if you don't have it. And what was the other game that jumped out at me as oh, oh Resident Evil Village? I haven't played that one on deck, but that game I've heard nothing but good things about. I like Resident Evil Seven. Have not played eight yet because I want to finish seven first. Uh, but I've definitely heard some good things about that. Then you got Resident Evil 2 and 3 also on sale. Did any of these games jump out to you? Uh, I know you're not super into scary games like we talked about earlier, yeah. but anything in here that you're like, okay, this is the one you got? Yeah, I've been interested in V Rising for a while. Um, v Rising, obviously, the kind of like big Steam breakout hit of earlier this year. Yeah. Um, that is kind of like Vampire. It's been a very Vampire year, hasn't it, with Vampire Survivors in this game? um yeah the kind of base building and kind of like all those elements it's um it's a really it's one of those genres that you just don't really find on console right and and i think it would be a really cool one to to play on steam deck um because it has a lot of like multiplayer features and stuff like that and kind of like exploration and yeah it's it seems like a really really cool game that i haven't really dug that deep into so i kind of kind of want to get my feet wet in this this type of game because i don't play that many of them and i've just heard fantastic things about this game generally about how good it is so I definitely want to check this one out. Yeah, I've heard people uh, like trying because it's it's a mouse and keyboard game, and you can make yes. mouse and keyboard games work on the Steam Deck. You can mm-hmm. um, because you have those those trackpads and and Steam input is just amazing. I've heard like horror stories about people trying to play this on Steam Deck, and then there's other okay. people who are like, "I figured it out. I got it working. It's amazing, oh, and man. it plays really well." So. Uh, uh, James McGill, yes, this is actually live. Uh, so I, I'm not sure about V Rising, but man, for how much is it? It's it's 15 bucks right now. I kind of want to yeah, pick this yeah. up myself because I've heard nothing but fantastic things uh, about yeah. that game. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to it. Uh, remind everybody before we get out of here, where can they find? Oh, wait, hold on. I had, I got a poll running. I wanted to know what people thought real quick. So I guess we better do okay. the poll first. I said, have you used the new big picture mode yet? 79% of people said no, and everybody else said yes. So uh, most people have not tried the new big picture yet. And there's there's your little poll right there at the end of the show. All right, NBZ, tell everybody yes. where can they find all of your awesome stuff. And his stuff is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LordNBZ. Uh, I tweet about various things and Nintendo, Steam Deck, loads of different stuff. Um, you can uh, follow my podcast, which is called This Nintendo Life. Um, if you search any podcasting app for This Nintendo Life, we should come up. Um, we're on Spotify as well. Um, and yeah, all, all that kind of major podcasting services, any podcatching apps that you have, um, just search us there and download us, as uh, we said at the top. Uh, it's a Nintendo-focused show, but um, we talk about other stuff as well. We talk about Nintendo in the context of the wider, wider games industry um and uh yeah we're every two weeks uh, me and my friend bally who i've known since we were five years old and uh, <laughs> yeah grew up grew up playing nintendo together and we're still talking about nintendo together so it's uh it's a good fun time and yeah we've had bill on the show in the past and uh hopefully we'll have uh, on again in the future yeah. yeah it's crazy to be talking to you because like he i was listening to his show before i started doing like a real podcast and like i would just go to the weight room at the school and work out and listen i was i'm a i'm a teacher that's why i was at a school um yes of course but uh and i would be working out and listening to you guys talk about the games that you'd been playing so it was just it's always awesome whenever i get to talk to you and bally uh and uh either playing halo with you guys or just talking about you know entropy uh, center which i forgot I forgot to tell everybody 
Don't yes. take, don't count it against them that they spelled center wrong. Okay, it's not their fault. Yeah, <laughs> we have had that issue. You know what? It's funny you say that because, like, in the tags for the trailers and stuff, we've deliberately put the uh, let's say the the wrong spelling in our opinion, uh, the, uh, the American the American spelling of center uh, in the in the tags because we know we know that people over there are not gonna you know acclimatize to the the British spelling. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, everybody, if you want to get this show. 100% ad-free, then head on over to patreon.com slash nerdnest. You get my this show as well as my other show, Games with Bill, uh, without any ads in it, so you don't have to hear me talking about uh, other stuff. You can just talk about video games, patreon.com slash nerdnest. And uh, if you have yet to check out Games with Bill, do me a favor. Check it out. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, just type in Games with Bill, and you'll see my stupid face. And you can subscribe uh, over there. Everybody's always like, Bill, why isn't black and white? Are you dead? No, I'm still alive. I just like the way black and white looks. Stay awesome, everybody. We will see you next time. NBZ, thank you for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Great fun.